The Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number 31, Memories of Childhood. Abby rode her bike down to the churchyard in a daze. Nothing intruded on her solitude. She lay in bed and stared at the ceiling, unable to make any progress with her thoughts. Somehow Rose's personality had radically changed. The warm and motherly figure of Abby's interview had inexplicably become cold, even hostile. She had no idea why. More publicity would certainly arrive, much of it bad, even if Freddie Baez didn't publish the interview. Abby didn't see how Rose could be ignorant of this fact. It had been going on for weeks. Therefore, Rose was preparing an excuse to tell Abby that she wasn't right for the job, a job that Abby didn't even have yet. The prospect made her unbearably sad, robbing her of all energy. There appeared to be nothing she could do to save the situation. And then she heard the voice in her mind, as if the mapstick were in her hand. Isn't this just like losing the Young Warriors Club and all your childhood friends? Yes, indeed. I lay on my bed staring at the ceiling for days after we moved to Ridgewood. I've never gotten over it. And what about your friends? The junior protectors of the wood. Phoebe, Jeremy, George, Sule, Nico. And you still know Junior, Luvia, and Diego, Isaiah, Ishmael, and Callie? Yeah, but things are different now. I'm supposed to be some sort of leader, but I don't think I can handle it. What about Sunny? Wendy, Tuck, Dr. Bear, Allison, Chi-Chi, aren't they leaders? Are they lonely? Abby found this conversation interesting and continued. Yeah, I suppose they are lonely sometimes, but I'm not on their level. They're older, more stable. I'm unstable, very unstable. Every day is another panic. I feel like I used to when I was 10. The day to move to Ridgewood came and I was just gone. I don't think I ever said goodbye. So, let's say you could go back and say goodbye. What would you say? Nothing. I can't bear to think of it. I don't even know how I'll say goodbye to the children at the preschool. It's all so sad. I was doing well too. I'm good at this, damn it. Abby began to sob into the pillow. When her fit of despair eased up and she could think again, she became intrigued with the idea of saying goodbye. She played the whistle and then a few chords on the guitar, letting her mind dream. What would I say? What can I say? I'm fired. This job is over. I can't do anything right. Everything I do becomes a mess. I'm sorry, it's over, over, over. She was humming a tune and found a few words. 
An hour went by, filled with messing around with the guitar and writing down phrases. Finally, she put it together and sang. Somehow it made her despair easier to bear. Dreaming today The life that I once lived Is flowing away The streets are all haunted By people I knew They're no longer the same After what we've been through And they're gone Abby played the song a few times and began to feel that she could face the future. The job and the children were lost to her and nothing could be done about it. She would go to the preschool tomorrow. The journalists would make a big deal of her interview with Sarah and she would be fired, probably in a nice way, but there was no hope. But she, Abby, would go on. She'd eaten nothing all day. That morning, as Allison drove the van to the garden center, Abby had dreamed of going to Sammy's for dinner and spending some of her $100. She wanted to celebrate her job and her freedom from the stalkers. But now she didn't dare leave the churchyard. She had nothing to celebrate. Every step outside her domain would bring her into danger. With luck, she might keep her job for the rest of the week. So she picked vegetables from the garden again. The whole idea had been to make a garden for the community to enjoy as a part of the festivals they had planned. 
But that clearly was not going to happen. The band seemed to have moved their base of operations to Evansville. Talk was laying low while the investigation into the election continued. The church youth council had become the junior protectors of the wood. That change, Abby thought, might be a good one. She began looking forward to the coming weekend. Yuvia, Phoebe, Isaiah, Sarah, Ishmael, Callie, Sule, Nico, Shannon, and more. They were quite a group now. But what about George? He's in Evansville too, probably with Sarah. When we see each other, what can I say? Maybe I'll apologize. But for what? Hugging Jeremy? I don't feel like apologizing, but I feel terrible about how things turned out. It was horrible the way Peabody and that Middletown Standard crew tricked him. I warned George to quit, but my heart wasn't in it. He helped us so much by spying, I let it go on. And I admire him for it. He helped us all. I'll tell him that, if I can find a way. I'll apologize for doubting him. I'll thank him for sending that car of stalkers on Bridge Avenue in the wrong direction. Though... I'm still confused about what he was doing, how he happened to be there. This is all so complicated, but his courage to stand up and sing to open the concert was awesome. Abby picked some eggplant, potato squash, baby kale, lemon cukes, turnips, and even a few apples from the ancient trees. Her mind was preoccupied with the possibilities of the coming trip. Yuvia, a trip by boat. What kind of boat will Yuvia bring? What will the events be like? Who will be there? Where will we sleep? Her thoughts went on and on as the stew bubbled. Getting away from Middletown seemed like just the thing she needed. As the shadows grew long in the churchyard, she went on another watering binge. The dry leaves crackled under her feet. Brown grass was appearing in new places. In the cool air of evening, she continued to soak the roots of trees. As soon as she returned to her room, she would have to think about tomorrow. So she savored every extra moment, wandering the churchyard. The mapstick felt safe in her heart. Abby was up early and riding to work by 8 a.m. The streets were calm. No one bothered her. When she knocked, Rob opened the door and smiled. Oh, I'm so happy you're here early. I'd like to mention a few things before others arrive. First, I'm afraid Rose is not feeling well and will not be able to work today. In fact, She's been ill for a few days and has gone to her aunt's house to rest. Tom Winkle will work as a parent volunteer. He's done that before. Lucy will stay for a whole day, and things should work out for everyone. 
I'm so sorry Rose is not well. Well, you know, it happens to everyone at one time or another. But let me quickly go over a few things before the children arrive. First, we owe you at least $20 for the plants you brought yesterday. It's a great idea and has been a big help already. Abby clapped her hands and then felt embarrassed by her own happiness. I really appreciate it, but Allison gave them for free. The thought flashed through her mind to ask Rob about the publicity issue, but it seemed like it was too sensitive to touch. Please thank Allison for us, but I insist you take the money. You've been doing too much for nothing. It's on my conscience, and we do need you here. Abby gave him a warm smile. I hardly know what to say. Thank you so much. Okay. Now here's the plan for this morning. I was just making a picnic lunch when you arrived. We're taking a little walk today. Tom will guide us to the baby trees we're looking for. Peanut butter and jelly, lemon cukes, and apples should be enough. Come, let's finish this up. The morning went along beautifully. Tom led them through the backyard and a long apple orchard to the tall maple trees near High Street. The children were glad to be outside and very curious about the idea of transplanting baby trees. Tom brought a wheelbarrow full of pots and three hand trowels. The children begged for rides, but Rob said no. He insisted that this was a serious quest for real trees, not a game. The land rose to a small hill as they walked along. And soon a view of the wetland, the forest, and the cliffs opened up in the clear air. Along High Street, enormous old maple trees lined the road, set back about 20 yards, shading a wide area. Tom asked the group to sit as he explained the activity. The three grown-ups would each take two children, Rob would take three, and they would scout around for small trees. Abby had seen a few already. The children would each carry a small pot. When they found a tree of the right size, the adult with them would thrust the hand trowel around the tree and loosen it up. Each child would grip the ball of earth and roots and lift it gently into the pot. The trees were only a few months old and the pot's about six inches deep. The activity went very quickly. All the children were so delighted to hold their own tree. Tom, Rob, and Abby also found trees, so the group had ten altogether. They sat in the shade and ate lunch. The view of the river was beautiful. Later on, they watered the trees and placed them in the sunlight near the south window. They planned to move the whole city across the room to join the trees and the new plants rooting in the wet soil. Thanks for listening. Episode number 32 is coming soon. To hear all of the episodes, please go to our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, go to Protectors of the Wood book series. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
my friend now, don't you know? 